Welcome to Decode Your Burnout, the podcast where we crack the code on burnout based on three primary factors, your programming, environment, and personality. We also feature experts who debunk the myths about what it takes to be successful in their industry and spin those tips to fit the workplace so you can optimize the way you work. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, a psychologist turned coach, author, and burnout expert. If you're burned out and want to go from exhausted to extraordinary, book a free breakthrough session with me by going to bookachatwithsharon.com. And if you want to see how you're doing and what to focus on next, download the burnout checklist. You'll find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash check your burnout. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back, Decode Your Burnout fans, for another fabulous episode with me, Dr. Sharon Grossman. And today I am joined by Laura Cheadle, who is an attorney, TEDx speaker, life and leadership coach. What she does is she works with driven professionals and she shows them how to move beyond soothing the symptoms of burnout and recognizing and resolving the root cause, which is oftentimes betrayal. Now, whether that betrayal is from a person, system, or the realization that you've spent your life in service to a dream that was not your own, Laura will show you and your team how to break free from burnout and create meaning and satisfaction both personally and professionally so that you can live fully on your own terms before it's too late. She is the author of Flaunt, Drop Your Cover and Reveal Your Smart, Sexy, and Spiritual Self, and host of the podcast Flaunt which I was on, find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity and betrayal. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's so great to be here. So excited to have you because you have some really unique angle when it comes to burnout and I'm all about unique angles. So we're going to get all into it. But what I'd love you to do first is share your burnout story. Like where were you? What happened? And then what we're going to do is we're going to be listening for the three contributing factors that we do on this show, your programming, environmental stressors, and personality factors. And I'm going to give you the floor. So here you are. That sounds great. I feel like there were two major times that I burned out, once at work and once at home. So I will just launch into the time at work. I was a corporate attorney. I had two kids under two. I had a yellow lab puppy at home. My husband had a job where he traveled and was gone two weeks out of every month. And I also had three grandparents who were actively dying. One was in the final stages of Alzheimer's, another had cancer, and another had emphysema. So it was just everything. And I could never get my feet on the ground. I could never get ahead of the curve. And I just started to lose such motivation at work. And everything felt futile and fruitless. And it was just one of those situations where I was like, I don't even care anymore. I don't even care. And I joke when I talk about it. But for me, my tipping point was I had these horrible fingernails. 
because I didn't have time to take care of myself. And everybody had these like beautifully manicured nails. And as an attorney, I'm supposed to have this persona that I'm calm, that I'm wise, that I have it all together. And I think, great, I'm showing up and my nails are a mess. I'm nursing babies. So I'm constantly shoving in the nursing pads. My hair is a mess. My clothes don't fit right because I haven't had a chance to lose the baby weight because I can't, because I can't do anything because I'm just running all the time. And it was just one of those situations where my final afternoon at work, I just kept looking at my fingernails and I was like, I need a manicure. I just need a manicure. I need a manicure. I have to leave work because I can't do this. I have to leave work. And I came home and I told my husband and my parents, I can't do this anymore and I have to quit work. Wow. So yeah, it, was, it, was fast. It, it almost feels like I'm either in it full throttle and then I don't have time to even get a manicure or I'm not going to be at work at all. Yeah. And what's ironic about that, I'm glad you picked up on that because when my maternity leave was ending, I went back to work a little sooner and I reserved some of my days and I spread it out so I could have more of a part-time schedule. But with all that I had going on in a way that felt too chopped up and too hectic, it felt like when I was at home, I was focusing on work. And when I was at work, I was focusing on home and I could never settle. I could never just find a place and drop in. Mm -hmm. And I think given everything you just shared, it makes sense why you couldn't really make it work at work. Because listen, for any new mom, like just having a kid like that on its own is enough. It's a full-time job. But then you're also doing the single parent thing like half of the month. You're taking care of three dying parents, which is also like a whole full-time job right there, right? I mean, you've got a puppy. You did a whole episode on like the puppy thing, <laughs> like what broke the camel's back, right? And it's like, yeah, we take on way too much, yeah. way too much. Yes. And I gave myself no grace. It was like, I have to do all of this. I have to. It's only me. And, and so where, do, where does that idea come from? So good because it's cultural, but it's also, I think, something that many high achievers impose upon themselves. I mean, was it something that you heard mom talk about when you were growing up or was it like when you say it's cultural, what do you mean? I think based on my age, I grew up in the 70s and the 80s. And we were kind of this first generation, I think, that had the message drilled into us that you can have it all and you can do it all. You know, the women in the 60s fought for your liberation. In the 70s, women started working and they could go back to work and you can do it all. And you can have anything that you want. So I fully believe that, yes. I can have everything I want. My mom didn't. My grandmothers didn't, you know, but I'm free. My generation is finally free and I can do anything and I can be anything and I can have anything. It's just that concept of you can't do it all and be it all, all at the same time. Mm. So you have, is it a daughter or a son? I've got two sons. Two sons. And I'm curious, given this message that, you were given and what you've learned on your journey, what are you now saying in your message to your kids about what's possible? Oh, I love that question. I wish I could say that I've done a better job 
at it than I have. In truth, my kids are the ones that will oftentimes tell me, mom, just take a break. You don't need to do all of this now. It can wait. Interesting. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Like it's a different generation, right? And they have a different way of looking at the world. Yeah, they really do. Because I just tend to be full steam ahead. Yeah. You're a doer. Big time. Yeah. Okay. So we've got tons and tons of environmental stressors. We've got some cultural programming that says, listen, like you can do it all, but you've got to like go, go, go. Right. And you got to do it all like now. And then you try to do it. And then you find out actually too much, can't do it all, not at the same time. And so you end up dropping out from work. This is early on when you had the kids. And I'm assuming like first thing you did was go and get a manicure. (laughs) 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 Right. And then what happened? I stayed home and I raised my family and it felt really good for a few years there. Because as you know, if you have had kids, having two young kids at home is a full-time job. (laughs) So I worked really hard. And then somewhere along the line, when they started you know, going back to school, I was thinking, I really want my career back. I want some mental stimulation. I want to start doing things. So what I had seen in the workplace, especially in the legal field, was burnout. Women burn out all the time. But at the time, it wasn't really called burnout. It was just like, gosh, why do women keep dropping out? Why do people just keep leaving? Why can't people hang in there and bill 180 hours a week and generate, you know, five new clients a week? So I started down the whole mind, body, spirit path. And I had always enjoyed fitness and I would had always taught fitness classes as my hobby. So I took that a little bit deeper. I started personal training. I went back to school. I became a clinical hypnotherapist. And I really started exploring some of these, you know, mindset things and programming and the relationship between our bodies and our minds. And I started coaching and training women part-time. And it was great. And that worked out really well for a long time. However, this is when I hit my second burnout point. At some point, my part-time mom business was demanding more and more and more of me. I was feeling called to serve in different ways. And I wasn't getting paid for it. I was just helping people out because people would reach out to me. Oh, can you just do this for me? Sure, I can just talk to you. Sure, I can just train you for free. Sure, I'll just see you for a session. Well, can you work with my kids? Sure, I'll just do that because I love kids. My husband continued to travel. Life continued to get really busy. At one point when my kids were in high school and I was getting up at like four in the morning, every single morning, working all day, doing everything for everyone except me, and then crashing into bed at 12.30, exhausted and beating myself up for all that I didn't do, I hit adrenal fatigue. And I literally started having heart palpitations and my whole body was cramping up and I did not have the energy to get up anymore. And that was the second time that I hit burnout. Wow. So interesting, just to kind of backtrack for a second. When you decided to go back to work, you decided not to go back into law because everybody was burning out. And you're like, let me not do that again. Lesson learned. I'm going to try to do it this other way. And looking for something that really aligned with where you were at the time. And it sounds like the spiritual practice was where that was. And 
then it's interesting because, you know, on this show, when we talk about burnout profiles, we talk about there's the thinker, the feeler, and the doer. And we talked about how earlier on in your first burnout story, you're like that doer who's just taken on all this stuff. In the second story, you're the people pleaser, you're the feeler who is trying to take care of everybody and putting yourself on the back burner, which is one of the things that really for sure contributes to burnout. And so now I guess have that wake up call when adrenal fatigue shows up. And what do you do with that? I had to start taking care of myself. I didn't really have a choice. So some of the things I just started letting go, getting up super early in the morning, getting my kids ready. I'm like, hey, you guys are in high school now. Figure it out. I'm sleeping. <laughs> you know. So I really took a hard step back and started prioritizing myself by letting other things go. I have always had a hard time just letting things go because I feel I've got that perfectionist side of me that wants to do everything. So I started, I went back to some more hobbies. I had always enjoyed fitness. Part of that was because I danced growing up. So that's when I started taking dance classes and dancing for myself. That's when I discovered pole dancing, which is really hard. And then that's when I started burlesque dancing. And it was just fun, frivolous fun. I found a dance studio that had adult classes and I just started playing and enjoying myself. I was just going to say, that's exactly what it is. And it's so good. You know, one of the things we talked about on this podcast previously is this idea that when we're in that go, go, go mentality, whether it's at home, taking care of everybody or at work and being very task oriented, we're very much in our masculine energy. And so when you get into play, as in the case of dance, which I love, then you're really in your feminine energy and it allows you to have more balance, which is so great that you've kind of discovered that for yourself. Yeah. And let me tell you, it's hard at first because, you know, the justification, I can't spend the money on this. I can't take the time to do this. Yeah. What are people going to think? This is crazy. Nope. It helped. Fantastic. And it's such a great message for people who are out there listening to this, because I don't think we do that enough for ourselves often. We're so busy focusing on what needs to get done. And we have so much guilt about taking time for ourselves and spending money on ourselves often. Yes, like maybe with a manicure, you weren't thinking twice about the cost, but when it comes to something that's actually like an experience, mm-hmm. right? Then all of a sudden these ideas come in. And I think they're reflective of how we see ourselves and our importance. Yes. And I like that you did the comparison with the manicure because for the manicure, it wasn't that it brought me joy to have a manicure. It was that I felt somehow unworthy to be sitting there as a lawyer with these ridiculously horrible looking hands. I felt like I had to put on that persona. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas with the dance, that was just nurturing and feeding my soul and it didn't benefit anyone. So why do we do something that doesn't benefit somebody? Oh, but it does. Oh, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It totally does, right? Because there's that trickle effect. And that's one of the things that even though we have such a hard time initially getting into it, once you're in it, I find there's no going back. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. So I know that you have some tips for people who are listening. And then we also want to like listen to how this all ties into betrayal, because I know that's kind of your area of expertise. So tell us a little bit 
more on that and what your tips are for people who are tuning in and listening. Yeah, that sounds perfect. The first thing is burnout is real. It's a thing. But so often people will say, well, I tried doing something for myself. I tried that and it didn't work. Well, it's not that it didn't work. It's just that so many things are compound complex. It's not that it's just one thing. And that's what I've discovered is that oftentimes it's not just burnout. There's something else going on. And like you mentioned, you know, the environmental factors, sometimes it could be a marriage issue going on. Sometimes it's something else. And in my experience, what I have come to learn is that so often the sense of betrayal is present, that you feel betrayed by your company when they didn't give you a promotion that you thought you would have earned, or you feel betrayed by yourself because all of a sudden you go, wow, I'm X many years old and I've never gotten around to doing, you know, A, B, C, and D, which were the things that were important to me. And now I can't do that. So it's the sense of betrayal, either self-betrayal or being betrayed by your company or your partner or something like that. And unless you address both, you're not going to feel better. You know, it's interesting that you say this because as you're saying that, I'm thinking about something that I just came up with, which is this like seven reasons why people burn out. And I took the word burnout and I came up with like as an acronym, right? So I was like, oh, B, betrayal. But really like I came up with blocked, but my N is neglect. So it's kind of like what you're talking about with a betrayal. It's like, if you neglect yourself, then you're more likely to also be neglected by other people because basically the message that you're sending out into the world is, I'm not really that important. Yes. And part of that too is also the message that I don't really know what I want because if eight or nine hours a day, I'm chasing, you know, like in my case, a partnership at a law firm, if I'm chasing that for seven, eight hours a day, but that's not really what I want, I don't know me. I don't know what I want. I'm not putting my money where my mouth is. And of course, I don't feel in alignment with who I am and what I want. Yeah. And that's how you ended up really doing the work that you're doing now is figuring out what doesn't work, then what works better and finding what really feels good so that you can take care of not just the fun, you know, with the dance, but also with your work, that it's something that is purpose-driven for you. Right. Right. Yeah. It's everything. And it's just so much of it is understanding who am I? What do I want? (laughs) And am I going after what I want Or am I just doing what I am supposed to be doing and taking care of things that I think I'm supposed to take care of? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so far we've said that unless you address the betrayal, you're always going to feel burned out and that we sometimes chase things that we think we're supposed to go after. And that's perhaps bringing us back to that cultural programming, right? Where we have these ideas about what we're supposed to be doing and that, you know, we're not really questioning like, what do I want? And is this a good fit for me? And maybe this doesn't work. And what would I want more? You know, and that's where a lot of coaching comes in very, very handy. What is your third tip for us? A lot of that is around once you know what you want and what you're going for and what you're doing, quote unquote, right or wrong, or why it's not working for you, how to speak up and advocate for yourself. Because we will advocate on behalf of our kids. We will speak up on behalf of other people, but so often we won't speak up on our own behalf. We think somebody else will notice. 
Somebody else will see that I'm burning out and that I'm getting disconnected and that I'm exhausted. Somebody else is going to take care of it. And that's such a false belief because nobody else knows how we are feeling. Nobody else knows if we're burned out. And people are so caught up in their own story and their own feelings that they're not going to just pop out of the woodwork and take care of you. And it's really up to us to learn how to advocate on our own behalf and to speak up for what we need, for what we want, and to communicate how we're feeling. I'm burning out here. I'm exhausted here. I feel like that. I'm neglecting myself. Speak up. Yeah. So if we look at your entire process or your three tips, it's basically saying like, number one, be aware that this is multifaceted and you might be burned out, but there might be more to the story. So figure out what that other thing is and it might be betrayal. Secondly, recognize that maybe if you're burned out, it's because you're not going for the right thing. So get some clarity on what you want instead. Give yourself permission to go after it. And then third, once you have that clarity, advocate for yourself so you can get what you want. Yes, absolutely. Because how many of us have lain in bed at night and been like, someday I'll do this, someday I'll do... And then we never do anything about it. Right. Whether in it's... My, yeah. Whether in it's my next life. <laughs> exactly. And some of that too is that interplay of personal. If we're miserable at home, we're going to be miserable at work. If we're miserable at work, we're going to be miserable at home. 100%. Okay. So you are an expert on betrayal and you are a hypnotherapist, if I understand correctly, and you are a coach, leadership coach, a life coach. So if somebody's listening to this right now and they're like, oh my God, I've had all different versions of betrayal. I would love to work with Laura. Where should they go? They should go to the website burnoutorbetrayal.com. Because that way, they can help distinguish what is burnout and what is betrayal. So they can see you or somebody like you to help them address that burnout piece. And then they can see somebody like me to say, okay, there is some betrayal going on and I will address that. Or they will also have the realization that it's something else entirely, but then they know who to seek out. So they're not saying, yeah, I don't know, it's just not working for me. Wow, that's brilliant. I love that you have that set up for people to be able to really take a look at what's going on. Because oftentimes the thing that we are most aware of symptoms, but not the root cause. And so that's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much for creating that resource for folks. And I'm going to encourage everybody to go there and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Yeah. And so thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your tips and your journey. It's been really, really insightful. And I'm sure people are going to be able to walk away with something new and fresh. And I do want to just take a moment and check in with all of you out there. So if you are a thinker, what did you think of the show? If you are a feeler, how did hearing this make you feel? And for all you doers out there, what are you going to do based on what you heard? Now, regardless of what your personality code is, my goal is to spread the word that burnout is a unique experience. And by decoding it, you can find solutions that are uniquely equal for you. So help me spread this message by subscribing to the show on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review telling us what you think, feel, or do different because of the show. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can leave me a comment or questions to answer in future episodes. And please recommend the show to anyone struggling with burnout. 
you're ready to take the next step with me to decode your burnout, go to decodeyourburnout.com and I'll see you back here next week.